Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. KYW Original Podcast. Well, a source confirmed ESPN reporting and the reporting of several other outlets that the Eagles have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick this year and a conditional second-round pick next year that can become a first-round pick if Wentz plays at least 75% of the snaps in Indy or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. Ray Dittinger is here for reaction. Ray, what did you think of the deal? Well, um, I actually think it's a trade that could work out um, for everybody, to be honest with you. I mean, from a really bad situation that the Eagles found themselves in, um, I think they probably salvaged it about as well as you can. Um, You know, you have to – I know the average fan probably heard third-round draft choice. That's really all we got because – you know, the Eagles had come out and through various sources had made an indication that they thought that they wanted to try and get the same kind of package for Carson Wentz that uh, the Lions got from Matthew Stafford, which was multiple number ones. But, you know, that really wasn't going to happen. I mean, the kind of season that Carson Wentz was coming off of, uh, his injury history, uh, combined with the fact that he made it very clear that he wanted out of Philadelphia, really left the Eagles without a whole lot of leverage. So the fact that they came out of this with a third-round pick this year, which you'd say isn't great, but next year, as you as you said, um, second-round pick that's conditional, that if he just plays 75% of the snaps, that um, that becomes a number one, and I think that's very, I think that's very doable. I think it's more likely than not. So the Eagles are probably going to come out of this with a number one, and uh, given the circumstances they found themselves in, I think that's not a bad return. I, I heard you yesterday on WIP with Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie where, where you said similar stuff to what you just said now. And I also saw a clip of you on NBC10 News yesterday uh, where, you're, where you're describing how you don't give up on talent. So I, I'm curious, Ray, from that soundbite that I saw, and please correct me if I, if I misread the soundbite, from that soundbite that I saw of you saying you don't give up on talent, what's your perspective on that, on the Eagles moving on from Carson Wentz after five Five seasons. Well, I still believe that. Uh, I, I still, I remember an NFL general manager who was a very successful general manager years ago when I first got in this business, discussing how you do the job as an NFL general manager. And he said, "The one I operate by one rule, and it is you don't give up on talent." Uh, and it seems very simple, and it seems very obvious. Uh, but it's a complicated business, and sometimes you find yourself in that position where you don't have much choice, and the Eagles didn't have much choice here. I mean, if it were if it were up to me, if I had been in Howie's position, if I thought there was any way that this situation was salvageable, if there was any way that Car- you could bring Carson Wentz back and and he would and he would settle into the system and compete for the job and get back to where he was, I wouldn't have traded him, because I still think that he's a real talent. Um, and listen, I think he's going to go to Indianapolis and play really well. 
I think he's going to go to Indianapolis and have. If you I mean, I'm not a betting man, but um, if I if I were, I I might go out right now and put a bet down on him as comeback player of the year next year wow. because he's cer- he's certainly he's certainly positioned to be that coming off the year that he's coming off this year. He's, he's certainly positioned to be a comeback player, and I think he's stepping into a just almost a perfect situation in Indianapolis. And he knew it. I mean, that's what he wanted, and that's what he got. I mean, he's going to a, a coach that he really knows and respects and a coach that knows him. He's going to a team that has a really good offensive line and a really good running game and a excellent defense. I mean, all they need is a quarterback. And so he knew he was walking into a good situation, and, uh, and he is. But that's – that's kind of the situation the Eagles found themselves in. They, and I, if I had been Howie, I guess I probably would have accepted the same reality, which is, look, Carson Wentz doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. He wants to be out of here. There's no way to change his mind. There's no way to salvage that. The only thing you can do is make the best, get the best return on the deal that you now have to make. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that we got to this point, but that's what that's where the Eagles were, and it was just it was for them in the end. It was just really making the best of a bad situation. So, who gets blame, Ray, for it getting to this point after they traded up to get him in 2016 with all that draft capital and gave him historic money, committed historic money to him less than two years ago? Who gets the blame for it ending after five years? Well, when you have a situation that melts down. Uh, as badly as this thing melted down over the course of four years, um, it, it, everybody blames. It, I mean, everybody had a hand in it. Uh, it's not as simple as just saying, yeah, it's his fault. No, I mean, it's everybody's fault. I mean, um, the Eagles, uh, first, you, you got to start with Carson Wentz because he, I mean, he way underperformed this past year. Uh, I mean, he, there's just no getting around it. I'm, I'm a Wentz supporter. I, I liked him from the time he came here. Uh, I supported him through the ups and the downs. Uh, and I'm sitting here right now saying I wish they could have kept him because I think he's that good. But there's no defending or explaining away how badly he played this year. I mean, he was awful. And when the coach benched him, he just basically took a stance that he didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that part of it's all on him. The underperforming is on him and his position at the end of, I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to be here anymore. Get me out of here. You know, he's the one that kind of created that situation, but so did the Eagles. I mean, I I think that, um, I think this whole thing really, really got in motion the night they drafted Jalen Hurts. I think that all of this stuff really kind of accelerated after the drafting of Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, everybody kind of, you know, Wentz kind of said, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, I kind of see what they're doing. And, you know, Jalen and I will work together. And he tried to say all the right things, but you knew that he didn't, he wasn't on board with that. I mean, his feeling is, you know, second pick in the draft, 53rd pick in the draft. Why don't you go get me a player that can help me win right now? You know, what, why are you worrying about who my successor is going to be? Give me better players to help me win right now. And when you look at the roster that they had this year, could they have used another player in another position there? Yeah, darn right they could have. So, so that's on the Eagles, that they made that decision, which they considered bold, I still consider foolhardy, but to go and get another quarterback in the second round, um, they created a situation that brought us to what was a situation that was ultimately untenable at the end of the year. Uh, can you, you can blame the coaches, who I thought did a very poor job this year, calling plays and 
not necessarily developing the quarterback through his own mechanical issues. Uh, and you can blame the ownership. You can blame the front office for putting together, for allow, not putting together, but allowing what was a Super Bowl roster in 2017 to deteriorate to the point right now where I think it's one of the, the bottom six rosters in the whole NFL. So, so when you're talking about a, a massive fail like that this represents, it's never just about one person. It's about a lot of different people. And I, I, you know, everybody's going to want to point the finger probably at Carson Wentz, and he certainly shares he certainly shares in the blame. But it's by no means a one man. It's no by no means a one man failure. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. Uh, and, and ESPN, in its reporting yesterday, said that the plan now is to bring in competition uh, for Hertz next season. Um, how can, Ray, how can the Eagles sell to the fan base that they're go- going to try to bring in a quarterback to compete with Hertz, uh, however they do it? Like if they do it through the draft with the sixth overall pick, how in the world could they sell to the fan base that after they just moved on from Carson Wentz with that historic cap hit? Um, I don't think they can. Um, I mean, if that's really what they do, if they use, if they use their top pick, which is number six, or if they trade up higher, (laughs) if they trade up higher in the, in the, in the first round to, to draft a quarterback. Yeah. I think then they look, I think then they look, I, I, I think they look foolish, uh, because, you, you know, you'll basically have already sort of checkmated the guy that you drafted in the second round last year, who ultimately forced your starting quarterback out the door, and now you're going to basically put yourself in this position where you're starting the new guy off in a quarterback controversy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't see, I don't see how you can do that. I mean, unless, unless you're talking about, um, unless you're talking about getting Trevor Lawrence. If, if you're talking about getting Trevor Lawrence then it's a different conversation because I think he is um, a sure thing. Uh, I, I think that he's one of the, I think he's one of those rare, rare quarterbacks that come out of college that you watch him play and you said, yeah, there's no way this guy can miss. Uh, but the rest of them, I mean, the rest of the guys, even you're talking about the top guys, you're talking about Justin Fields at Ohio state, Zach Wilson at BYU, Trey Lance from that football factory in North Dakota state. I mean, you know, um, uh, you're talking about that next tier of guys I mean, none of them is a sure thing. I mean, they're the best of the prospects that you've got, but there's none of them there that you would bet everything on. Um, so with all the needs that you have as a team, and the Eagles have many, many, many needs on both sides of the ball, why you would go out and draft another quarterback who's a maybe, which is up what I consider all those guys, uh, and create a situation where maybe he's going to be competing with the guy that is right now your starter, that you traded, that you, that you drafted high in the second round last year. Now maybe you're drafting another guy that's going to put him on the bench. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's too convoluted. And the idea that the Eagles, and I've heard some people float the idea, well, they're, you know, they're sixth, drafting sixth overall. They're not often this high in the draft. If you're going to get a quarterback, you got to get them high in the draft. And, you know, when are they, when are they going to be drafting that high again? Well, Given the roster you have right now, I think you're going to be drafting that high again next year. You know, so so I I would not um, I, I would not go the quarterback route here. I, I would suspect they might draft a quarterback somewhere in the draft, mm-hmm. somewhere maybe in the middle rounds uh, as a young guy that perhaps they can develop. But no, I think the I think the 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 better way to go right now is you've made a commitment to Jalen Hurts, like it or not. Uh, he's played a little bit and he had some good he had some good moments, some not so good moments, but he's shown you some talent. 
go with him. Find out what he can be. You know, let the, let the new coaching staff work with him and see what and see what you got before you make a decision to maybe bring in the next quarterback. Let's find out what you have in the current quarterback. That's what I would do. And then in terms of another another quarterback, you're going to need to have a veteran on the roster who can step in and, for one thing, mentor Jalen Hurts, but also be there in case he has to step in. And I would just go pursue a veteran quarterback to be in that role. But for, for me, I mean, going, right now, going into training camp in the next season, I think that you go into Jalen Hurts as your number one and find out what he's capable of. So then you wouldn't even – we talked about the, how, how – mystifying it would be if they drafted a quarterback. But it, let's just say they go into free agency or a trade for, for uh, not established, but an experienced quarterback in the NFL to compete with Jalen Hurts. You wouldn't be okay with it through free agency or a trade either is what I'm hearing here. Well, no, in, in free agency I would. Um, I, I don't think they're in a position to really trade for anybody. And if you're talking about the guys that would be out there in trade um, – I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, would it be worth it to trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo? I, you know, I, I don't think that would necessarily help your situation. I mean, there's a lot of questions about him, too. Um, you know, if you look at the free agent guys out there, you've got you know, a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who's been around the league, has played in a couple of different systems, uh, kind, of has, kind of has Jalen Hurts kind of skills, actually, when you look at his skill set, um, could run the same playbook. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a possibility, and he's a free agent. Um, guy that really interests me, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, is also out there, and Jacoby Brissett played quarterback for Nick Sirianni uh, in Indianapolis, so he knows him. Uh, and Jacoby's played in the league, and he's played fairly well, uh, so he would be a possibility. The guy that really interests me, I got to tell you, is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been around forever, has played for has played for I think every team in the league except the Eagles, uh, and uh, you know is 39 years old, has been in every system, and I think would be a terrific mentor. I think he would be a terrific mentor for um, Jalen Hurts and a guy that if you needed him to play has demonstrated he can come off the bench and, and generate a lot of offense. Uh, now he's a free agent uh, and I would, he's a guy that he, he would probably be my first call would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Although I could see Nick Sirianni leaning more towards Brissett as a guy that he's already worked with, but that's the kind of guy I'm talking about is a veteran guy that could come in and be that veteran backup. Um, that could play if he has to, but really isn't going to be direct competition for Jalen Hurts. I mean, right now, given the situation the Eagles are in, I think I, I don't think they have much choice to me sensibly to other than to try and develop Jalen Hurts and find out what he can be before they decide to go looking for the next quarterback. Two more for you, Ray. Uh, when um, Howie Roseman came back into power in 2016 before drafting Carson Wentz, I, I feel the, the common uh, uh, thought back then was that Howie's 2.0 tenure would be judged on how Carson Wentz does. That's where it starts, and it's done after five seasons. It did not. It had a nice moments. It had a spectacular historical 2017 season. But it's over after five years. He has uh, four passing attempts in the playoffs, one completion, and zero postseason wins. Um, how can Jeffrey Lurie continue to justify keeping Howie Roseman in the spot that he is right now? Uh, I think that Jeff looks at uh, Jeff. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with him, um, but um, I'm saying this is how he views it. Um, Jeff is looking at his ownership as a whole, his years of owning this team, uh, and looking at the overall record of this team. And how he's been here almost from the beginning, 
pretty much. I mean, you know, 20 of these years, he's been part of it. And if you look at that time frame, the Eagles have been very a very successful team. I mean, they've been probably one of the top six teams in the league in terms of number of playoff appearances, uh, one loss record. Um, they have been one of the, the top teams in the league. They've been in it pretty much every year. I mean, last year was <laughs> really bad. But, I mean, most of the time, they've been among the top clubs. And over a period of a couple decades now, uh, and in that time, you know, other front office people have come and gone. Coaches have come and gone. Players have come and gone. A lot of change. But one guy who's been there through it all is Howie. You know, and I think that, you know, Jeff's feeling is if people want to judge my ownership as having been a largely successful ownership, which I think you would have to do if you're judging it fairly. Well, who's the guy that's been with him the longest? Who's the guy that's been standing right next to him the whole time? Howie Roseman. So I think that the, I think that's how Jeff's looking at it. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, he's not blind to the fact that this team has not drafted well in six years. I think that's true, uh, and he's not blind to the fact that this team had a major collapse this year. That's why the head coach and the quarterback aren't here anymore. He sees all that, but I think he's in terms of the rebuild of putting this thing back on the tracks. Uh, I think he's looking at. The overall, and he says, no, let's look at the bigger picture. Let's look at what we've been. I know what we are right now. It ain't real good. But let's look at what we've been, say, over the last 20 years, which is maybe a fairer portrait of what this organization represents. Not too bad. And the one guy that's been there for the whole thing and making a lot of the big decisions is Howie. So I, I think that that's how he views it, that, you know, if we've been good for a long time and we have, then you have to give some credit to the guy that's helped keep us going. And the fact is, in 2017, when the Eagles did win the Super Bowl, which is the, the, the milestone of all milestones, Howie Roseman was NFL Executive of the Year. I mean, he got, you know, the pro football writers gave him the Executive of the Year award. First time an Eagles executive had ever won it. And, and one year he won the Super Bowl, Howie got it. So for all of those reasons and the personal relationship that exists between the two guys, that's how Howie's still here. That's how he views it. I know it's not how the fans view it, but that's how he views it, I'm sure. I asked you this, uh, I asked you this last week uh, when we spoke after the Super Bowl and the rumors were, were really um, going back then. And um, I'm curious if your answer has changed after just under two weeks of hearing more rumors and hearing more stuff about Wentz leading up to yesterday's reported agreed-upon trade. Ray, how will history look upon the Carson Wentz era with the Philadelphia Eagles? No failure. Major failure. Yeah. Um, uh, because, I mean, you just look at the price that you paid. You gave up five draft picks to go up and get them. Uh, you gave him the biggest contract in NFL history at that time. Um, and you, you know, when you, when you finally won a Super Bowl, he was standing on the sidelines. And in the end, uh, he, he finished up with as the lowest-rated quarterback in the league, uh, and created a fissure within your organization that forced out the only coach to win a Super Bowl, and ultimately forced the player out too. So I mean, it's you know when you consider how it all began and all the expectations that were heaped on Carson Wentz when they first acquired him, and all the hope that he all the hope that he engendered engendered in 2017 when he played so great for two thirds of the season before his injury. And that feeling that, Oh man, we've got the guy here. We've got 
this guy is going to be, he's going to be our Elway. He's going to be our Manning. He's going to be our Rodgers. That's how everybody viewed Carson Wentz at the time. And it wasn't unrealistic. He's, he seemed to be on that course. But to go from that to where we are now, which is a total turnover in the organization, coach fired, he's traded, third-round draft pick. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, in, in every way you look at it, it's a, and he goes out and leaves you $34 million in dead money under the salary cap. Um, I mean, it's, it's a major, it's, it's, it's a major, major, it goes down as a major, major failure. And uh, it's really unfortunate because I, um, it could have been so much better. And there was so much hope, and it was not unrealistic hope in 2017 that the Eagles had found their guy. Uh, and uh, what you wound up with was a situation in the end that was one of the unhappiest and most unpleasant situations this team has found itself in. And now, you know, Carson Wentz walks away and walks into a great situation in Indianapolis and a really good team and chance to be in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe go back to another Super Bowl and – here the Eagles sit at the bottom of the NFC East, and they seem a long, long way away from that. Do you still think that over time um, fans will remember 2017 more so than than anything else? About Wentz? Yes, about Wentz. Uh, probably not. Hmm. Probably not. Uh, because, the, I mean, when they look back at 2017, they'll think about Nick Foles. You know, when they think about 2017... You know, they're not going to think about 11-2, and two, where the team was during the season. What they're going to remember is the postseason run, and most of all, they're going to remember the Super Bowl. <laughs> the MVP of the Super Bowl was Nick Foles. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think people are going to come around, and it's going to be one of those, you know, five, six, seven, ten years down the road, people are going to look back and say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Carson Wentz, I, yeah, that was, he was good. He was really good. No, I don't think so. Um, the way it ended, and in particular, the way he handled it, um, is going to is I don't think the, it left a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of these fans, uh, and I don't think that's going to change over time. The only way it would be if people gave him credit for the Super Bowl, um, and I don't think they will. I think when they when they go back to the Super Bowl year, the person they're going to give credit to is going to be Nick Foles. Interesting, interesting. Ray Dittinger, I always appreciate your perspective and insight. I'll look forward to the next time we talk, which I think is going to be soon because this offseason has been wild so far, and I can't see it getting any less wild. So thanks and stay safe, Ray. Really appreciate it. All right, you do the same, David. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of 94WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law